Welcome to the Maritime Vision Podcast, where we connect with industry experts to explore every facet of the maritime industry. This podcast is hosted by Paul Louis Holy. Welcome everyone, welcome to this new episode. On today I'm with Hasit. Hasit Tapt. I don't know if I pronounce in a good way your name. <laughs> Yeah, it is Asit uh, Tapti. Asit Tapit. Okay. It's an Indian name. Right. Okay. Pure Indian. <laughs> okay, okay, great. So can you present yourself? Uh hi Paul. Good afternoon. My name is Asit Tapte. Um I'm born in India. I did my education in India. So my education which was required to go to the sea, the pre sea education, I did part in India, part in the UK. And after that, I was in the sea for around 12 years. I joined my first ship in 2008 uh, as a trainee officer. And uh, my last rank was as a chief officer on uh, LPG ships, uh, the ships which carry gas. And finally, I said, uh, after I got married and I had a kid, I said, enough, enough of the sea. And I want to switch to the shore. And right now I'm doing my master's in maritime economics and logistics at uh, Erasmus University, Rotterdam. Great, great, interesting. Yeah. So we're going to start with the beginning of your background. Um, so you are in India and you studies uh, so the merchant navy in the merchant navy, uh, the, the Indian uh, so Industrial Institute for Maritime Training. What what kind uh, of what kind of training did you do to uh, to sail on board ship? Um, so in India, the requirement is you do your high school. And in your high school studies, you need to do, uh, you have to take science as a subject. Okay. And then you need at least 60% marks in uh, the three branch of sciences, physics, chemistry, and uh, maths. Okay. And then after that, you apply to, uh, you give a common exam for entrance. So it is conducted uh, because India, the, there is a big population and a lot of states. So you have to give a common exam, uh, entrance exam. And after you get selected based on your ranks, you can select the universities. So usually those guys who get the top ranks, they select the good universities. Okay. And in the university, there is three years course. There are two courses, depends on which side of ship you want to go. Okay. If you go, want to go on the deck to become an officer, the program is called nautical science. And if you want to go on in the engine side as an engineer, then it is called marine engineering. It's exactly like in Europe. We have the same, uh, yeah. the same organization. Yeah. Okay. So you will be very familiar with this. So the, the program which uh, requires to go as engineer is for four years. And then you get a bachelor's of engineering degree. And the program which requires you to go on the deck uh, as an officer is for three years. And then you get a Bachelor of uh, Science in Nautical Studies okay. uh, degree. Why, why, why did you choose uh, the deck department? Uh, at that time, you know, in my family, there was no one who was from Merchant Navy. So I'm the first one from okay. my family. And I had, uh, to be honest, I didn't have so much of uh, deep knowledge about Merchant Navy. So I met one of my friend. His father is captain. He was captain at that time. So he suggested, like, uh, go for the deck side. You will enjoy it more. Okay. So, and, uh, and you know, when you see the movies, you see the uh, captain and you see the officers. 
yeah. don't see so much of uh, Indian guys. Yes, I agree. I agree. It's like uh, Captain Phillips. Do you know this movie? Yeah, Captain <laughs> Phillips. <a> movie. <laughs> right, very famous. So you always see the guys uh, like Captain and Officer. So I saw it. Uh, okay, let's become an officer and okay, uh, okay. I joined the deck side. Yeah. So, so, so after graduation, you 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 have to find a ship. Oh, oh it works. Is it easy or is it a, a difficult process? Um, it in in India usually the thing is if you are doing it from a good university the companies come when you are in the final year they come for uh, something called as campus placement okay so the companies come they interview you and then they select the candidates okay. so same was in my case so Northern Marine the company which I was working for they came for campus interview. And I was selected, uh, five of us was selected for that company, Northern Marine. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll not say it is very difficult, nor very easy. Uh, depends on your marks, how you give the interviews. But I would say 80% of the students, they get selected uh, in this campus recruitment. Okay, okay, interesting. And what it is your first ship? You, you My first ship was, I still remember the name, it was uh, Stena Concept. Okay. It was it was a product tanker uh, which carried uh, petroleum products like diesel oil and uh, Mogas petrol. Okay. Yeah, okay. So your position at this time was uh, what position position did you have? It was deck cadet. Deck cadet. Okay. Uh, deck, yeah. It it's like trainee officer. Yeah. Okay. So what can you say about this experience? Uh, did you have miss adventure? Did it was very uh, a good experience? Can you tell us about it? Your first ship. So the first ship, I still remember everything very clearly <laughs> because uh, I was very excited to go on the ship. I had never seen a ship. I've, I was never on board a ship. So I went on the ship. First thing I saw on the deck was so many pipelines. Yeah, Everywhere was only pipelines, pipelines, pipelines. And I said, oh, how to work on this ship? I was very <laughs> scared at the first time. Then I went inside. I met my chief officer. I met the captain. And slowly, slowly, I got used to, you know, all the technical details about the ship. And, uh, you know, when the ship is in the port where I joined, it's tied on the shore. It's not moving. It is very stable. And as soon as uh, we finished our cargo operation in the port, we had to leave. And the ship, the last rope, when the last rope was removed from the ship, the ship started to, you know, like a little bit roll and pitch. Yeah, and it was very, uh, what you say, very interesting and very exciting the first time. Like then the thought came to my mind, how a ship, you know, such a big ship with yes. so much of steel uh, and metal and cargo is still able to float in the water, not yeah. sink. And that's huge. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, that was uh, very nice. Then uh, I, as a cadet, I got to see so many places, so many countries, uh, see rough weather, see the good weather. Uh, it was very, very exciting and also very uh, knowledgeable to learn a lot of things. Okay, interesting. So that it was your first ship. Then you, you what, what kind of different different ships you had uh, in your life, you, you sailed in your, in your life? So first ship as a cadet, I was on this product tanker. Okay. Uh, the second ship as a cadet, I was on an oil tanker. Okay. Then again, my last uh, training on a ship as a cadet, I was again on a product tanker. So both as a cadet, I had experience on oil trade. 
ऑयल एंड प्रोडक्ट्स ऑफ ऑयल तो आफ्टर गिविंग माई एग्जाम एन आई बिकेम थर्ड ऑफिसर फर्स्ट कॉन्ट्रैक्ट एज ऑफिसर आई वॉज ऑन अ गैस शिप विच वॉज एल पी जी लिक्विफाइड पेट्रोलियम the gas which we use for cooking in our homes yes. and uh, <laughs> the same gas and uh, after that uh, mostly i have been on uh, gas ships from third officer then i got promoted to second officer again on a gas ship but various sizes so initial was a medium size then uh, i was on a very large gas carrier carrying but on the gas ship gas ship is a very general term i carried various cargoes on a gas which is propane butane ethylene mm. some toxic cargoes like vcm butadiene cc4 okay and uh, i became second officer then i became chief officer after giving exams so uh, after i became officer i was 99% on gas ships okay uh, what kind of ship do you prefer on why i prefer gas i prefer gas because the operations um i mean uh, it is very interesting to me to learn about gas operations and oil if you when you are on a oil ship and a product ship uh, the operations are little bit more um, what you say uh, tiring mm. because there is tank cleaning and then um, the cargo is also not clean cargo you are always worried about oil pollution but when you shift when i shifted to gas ship it is more you need to have more of a technical knowledge to work on a gas ship to know the relation between temperature and pressure okay okay so and it's a, yeah it's a clean cargo it will not pollute the sea and yeah. it will go out in the air it will not pollute so that's correct but the degree of responsibility for you was very high because in this kind of ship you have a lot of measures about security more than a container ship can you tell us about it uh when you compare this uh, tanker trade to a container trade it's very different because uh, container trade is a very fast moving uh, logistics trade mm. where uh, everything is very pre planned everything has to be on time but when you come on to this side uh, on a tanker trade let it be oil product or gas so this is not a very what you say they don't need cargo so quickly like containers okay or mostly for storage and for industrial use so yeah the oil trade is very different uh, logistics wise and uh, uh, as a responsibility is more on oil and gas trade because on containers you are responsible only for the ship like you have to take a ship from point a to point b on within that time because the containers is not your responsibility i mean you just have to have a general idea about the containers yes. but on the oil trade the cargo is your responsibility as a chief officer when i am responsible for my cargo so i have to make sure that the cargo is at correct temperature correct mm. pressure you know uh, before loading the cargo i have to make sure that the tank is properly prepared for the cargo okay. there cannot be any contamination because if there is contamination the whole cargo will be Uh, what you say useless yes understand yeah, like to empty everything and it's a waste of, uh, of it's the... waste of yeah i mean you uh, it happened in one of our company ships like uh, during loading there was some cross contamination and the whole cargo worth millions of dollar was you know just useless mm. and no one was accepting that cargo so you cannot just throw the cargo in the sea that's not allowed by the law 
so you have to find other places discharge little bit there it's a very big loss very because huge loss millions of dollars in, in this case uh, what is the the are you responsible for this it means that if if you have to 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 yes to waste the this amount of liquid uh, do you have like a fine or something bad for your career or it's a uh it's everything is in the legal contract it is also insured mm. but as a chief officer if something like this happens there is always an investigation why this happened okay. whose fault was this sometimes it can be also from the shore side fault okay. but most of the time it's from the ship some mistake and after uh, the investigation if they find that it is your fault then of course you lose your job Mm. So you will not be working with that company again. Okay. What is the most stressful things for you as a chief uh, officer? The most stressful is this: the cargo operations, okay. the loading and discharging the cargo. But it's funny because you prefer <laughs> working in liquid uh, tanker. <laughs> you have a highest uh, highest pressure, but you prefer. Yes, I mean it is responsibility. Like um, it's also exciting. Yeah, you get uh, the the money, the salary for this responsibility is good. You get well paid for this job. Or oh, more than if you work in container ship, this is less pay, paid than a tanker. Right. Yeah. Wow. So container ship, you get less paid, and if you work on a tanker, you get more paid. And the main reason is because the responsibility. Mm. Okay. So your responsibility is high, of course, but also you get uh, paid for this. So I prefer. And once you are experienced in this, you know what to do, what not to do. Of course. Then uh, initially, if you are like, if you are new, if you come from a container directly to a gas, usually they will not take you. But if you come, then it will be very stressful. But I have been working on this. Like me, there are so many other people who are like uh, slowly learning this trade, gas trade or oil trade. So then you feel comfortable unless you do something very wrong. Okay. On on the sailing part, so not the cargo part, the sailing part, uh, navigation. Uh, what is, what is it? Uh, do you have some things complicated about the weather when you have to manoeuvre the the ship on a, in a narrow port? Even if you have a pilot, I know you have a pilot, but sometimes it can be challenging, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, the when you're in the open sea, the most uh, challenging part is the weather. Mm. So, like we always get weather reports for a uh, few days in advance, one week in advance. We know, but sometimes you cannot avoid bad weather. So, in bad weather, the challenging part is uh, you know that ship is built. Yes. Withstand bad weather, but the thing is your personal side. You cannot work on ship. You cannot sleep properly. You cannot eat properly. Because when the ship is rolling and pitching, uh, in the mess room in the galley, they cannot prepare food. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean the fried food where you have to use hot oil, so you have to live on sandwiches or you know some dry provision. It's not funny. <laughs> no, not funny for a. I, I mean, I was once on a ship which was uh, trading between Europe and uh, Canada. Okay. And during the winters, this ocean is always rough. And at that time, you know, we used to have twenty, twenty five, thirty degrees rolling. So you cannot sleep also in your cabin. You know, you are constantly like this. You cannot take shower properly. <laughs> That's so you know, very basic things you feel challenging to do. And can you tell us about uh, what the worst experience you have in terms of weather at sea? There are a lot of experiences. Uh, like once uh, this, the thing which I was mentioning now. 
So this was a lot of rough weather, bad weather. You know, ship was continuously rolling for twelve, uh, thirteen days. Mm, wow. As soon as we used to come out of the English Channel and till we reach Canada, the weather used to be so bad. Continuously twelve days we are rolling. You cannot sleep, cannot eat properly, how cannot many, shower properly. The meters of waves were how many meters? Uh, it was four or five meters, if mm. I remember correctly. And sometimes oh. even more at night you cannot see the waves, but okay. uh, it was very. And you cannot sleep, and continuously if you cannot sleep for a few days, you cannot work. You are so tired uh, physically. Mm. And then you go to Canada. The temperature, if I tell you, was minus forty. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> it was minus forty. You know, and uh, if you if you take a bucket of water outside, you take a cloth, put it in the water, and you. Take it out; it will become like <laughs> solid rock, rock solid. Uh, so insane. this is very challenging. The weather part is very challenging. Okay, yeah. and what is the for you the ocean, the place in the world with the 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 seafarers don't like because it's uh, always bad weather or even dangerous for pirates? What is the worst one? Um, the worst one in terms of weather is the Pacific Ocean. Mm. The name is Pacific. But the weather is not very specified. It's always rough, mm. and also if you come to this western part of um, uh, this name, I'm not remembering. You know, when you come down from the English Channel near France, that that uh, it's always rough. Oh yeah, I know it's you. It's in the uh, Atlantic uh, Ocean. Yeah, oh, the yeah. Atlantic, and when you come towards France, that that part of sea is always always rough. You'll yes. find it rough. And uh, with regards to pirates, uh, before. You know, when you're transiting this uh, Suez Canal, yes, that Gulf of Aden area that used to be used to be pirate prone uh, when in 2008 and 2010 that time. But now that area is now under control. Not so much of piracy, but yeah, okay. these two weather and piracy, yeah, these are two things to worry about. Okay, so I suppose you you travel a lot uh, with this job and you visited a lot of places. So it was the good part of the job, uh, but some people say now it's uh, worse and worse. The condition of seafarer, you have less, um, you don't have time to visit. Sometimes it's not. Uh, is it right? Yeah, it is right. It is right. If you ask any seafarer, uh, the things how used to be ten, fifteen years back, and now it's become very commercialized. Mm. It's become very fast. So before, in the old times, when the ship used to go to a port. Uh, even an oil tanker maybe used to stay for three, four, five days. If you go on a bulk carrier, it used to stay for sometimes even months. Okay. And at that time, you had a lot of time to go outside, see that city, visit that country. You know, it used to be a relaxing time in port mm. and less inspections and lot of things. And nowadays, when you go to port, it's very fast. Everything happens within two days. Three days max, max three days. Mm. You know, yeah, especially the trade where I am in oil and gas. Three days is max, and in these three days you have so port port authority coming for inspections. You have some other type of inspection. So busy in the port, you know. Now I will just give you a very basic thing. In the old times, the seafarers like to visit port. Yes. They were looking forward to go to new ports, you know, because then they'll get to go outside, see the city, meet new people, eat something, enjoy life. Yes. In nowadays, it's become opposite. Now, seafarers want to go out at sea; they don't want to go to port. Oh, okay. Because it is more relaxing and more peaceful at sea. 
because no one is disturbing you there and in the port you know it will be busy you are there for two days there will be provisions inspections visitors and so no one wants to go to port they want to finish port quickly and go out at sea because there where the good life is at the sea now okay understand i think the bit it's changed completely about inspection can you tell us a little bit how it works uh, what kind of inspection you have when you uh, of course it depends uh, the kind of ship uh... Uh, so the first type of inspection we go to a port is a port state inspection where for example i come to netherlands okay. then if if they if they have any doubts they will come on my ship the local authorities of uh, netherlands to inspect the ship then there are other inspections kind of sire cdi which is like um, to uh, it can be from the owner side from the charterer side and then there is as per the regulations you need to have this inspection so every time you go to a port if if you're doing a long voyage there is always something you know these inspections and mm. these inspections are not just like coming and checking i mean then you get observations then it's not good for the company there is pressure on you from the company that you have to do well uh, no one likes this inspection but you have you have more and more now because it's uh, it's become a uh, safety more and more more and more and more and more complicated before <laughs> was you know it was not so much like they will come inspect the ship i'm talking of few years back like you know 10 years back and nowadays and with recently i think there is something called as uh, risq the new form of inspection which is 200 pages you know that uh, questionnaire and you have to go yeah. through this that's why you see people uh, especially seafarers they are not happy nowadays you know okay. that that romantic life what everyone speaks about that romantic life at sea is it's finished it's, it's interesting what you say because right now we have a big shortage we, it's very complicated to find a seafarer yeah. too many ships not enough seafarer but i think uh, why, why this is like that because of the training because it's a long lot of studies expensive or it's because the condition of the job uh a few things uh, very good question actually you know you raised this question very nice if those who are watching they will be very yeah. uh, in, would be interested to know in the olden time people like to come to the sea the reason was uh, the life was good it was not very hectic how it is now and the money was good mm. right and nowadays everything is gone bad the salary is not increasing uh, like uh, if i remember you know in our company from past 10 years uh, there has been hardly uh, very little salary increase in 10 years time i'm talking about okay, okay. and if you are working on a shore your every year you have some increment in salary in india at least we have 8 to 10% increment in salary every year okay and that gap has reduced the difference still the salary at sea is uh, better i will not say that it is still better but the gap between salary on shore and the salary at sea has reduced so people don't find uh, you know it interesting to go at sea because when you go at sea you miss on lot of things you miss your family life mm. you miss your family life you miss your friends you cannot have lot of uh, uh what you say all this important festivals or yes. someone's marriage you miss on all those things but people were ready to sacrifice those things because the salary was good at sea okay and the life was better but now the salary difference has reduced people are earning good money on shore so they say why should i go to sea and suffer yes 
where I can earn less money, but I can still be happy on shore. Yes. I don't need so much money to be happy. You know, money is not the only factor now for uh, being happy. Of course. One is that. Second is uh, people who are on the ship; they want to quit sea. Okay. One is people don't want to go to sea. The new, new, the new generation. And second is those who are on the sea; they want to quit because of, like we discussed, this well, inspection, yes, commercial, fast life. and it's more stressful on the sea at sea uh, yeah so people they want to quit in my in my country in france even in europe the, the same the problem with the seafarer is like for, firstly we don't promote the the job we don't when you are in school in high school we always promote uh, business school uh, medicine right. this kind of job mm. this very mm. famous job but mm. job at sea I didn't have a lot of uh, people in my. I remember in high school coming to explain what right. it is. So, firstly, people don't don't know this kind of job, and secondly, mm. in Europe, training is quite complicated because this is um, you 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 can only be, become an officer. You know, you don't start like a cadet like in India. Mm. So it's always you need to to at least minimum four years studies. And right. Some people just want to gain experience at sea. They don't want to mm. to sail for five years. You know. Fatuous yes. to studies for five years. Yes, yeah, I agree. You know, uh, because I did my pre-C also in UK. So uh, our professor used to tell us, like in UK, they had uh, also different program for their own uh, nationality people. So they say like uh, their course was also for three years. So he used to say in the first year after that, their their course was divided. Like you study, you go to see, then you come back, you study again, you go to see. Mm. So the professor used to say that. After the first time, people go to sea and come back. Half of them used to quit. Yes. Oh. The remaining used to quit after second year, and in the third year, you would have maybe twenty percent of what on the first year you have students. Right. Yes. Because people are not liking to go to sea now. The life there is so hectic, so stressful, that money is not justified. Okay. People say I, I, it's better to earn less, but to be happy on shore. Of course. And to earn more and uh, you know lose your sleep at sea. The second thing is also companies are doing lot of cost cutting now, and that cost cutting they are removing lot of people from this ship. Mm. Like uh, I will say on a gas ship, on lot of uh, ships they don't have gas engineer, which is a very important position because company thinks it's okay to ha- not have gas engineer. You know, a chief officer can do that job. Oh yeah, and chief officer is doing that job. Without any additional pay, right? Yes. Yeah. They remove the main guy, and so my job has increased, but I am not getting compensated for this job, right? Okay. Then why? Why would I? There is no like. Uh, why would I look forward to do this job if I am not getting anything back? I am doing more job. It's more hectic, more stressful, and I am not also paid extra for doing one man's job extra. So all these things, uh, and I think this will be the trend. People slowly will lose interest in the sea. Uh, what and how can we do to? Because I know maybe in the future ships, we, uh, I always talk about it. Um, maybe maybe autonomous, maybe less people on board. Do you think it's a good uh, solution, good idea to to plan this kind of thing for the future? It's very nice question because I'm doing my thesis in autonomous shipping. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is very, uh, very question. I mean, this question is very related to my thesis. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the autonomous thing has started. 
and uh, that will help but to implement this autonomous shipping to the worldwide shipping will take lot of time so i think it will slowly start with the ships which are doing coastal voyages mm. because if you have a ship with uh, such a valuable cargo you need people on the ship of to, course you know, uh, maintain that cargo especially on the gas i have to cool down the cargo you know take care of the pressure and temperature thing so autonomously i don't know how much can you do that part of the thing uh, but yeah when the autonomous things will come into play at least in the coastal thing the it will again you know the jobs will be lost for sure uh, but it will help uh, those companies who do not have enough seafarers to you know okay. go on the it's also the thing is like if you see the european countries uh, the americans you know they don't like to go on a uh, what you say long sea voyages mm. even in the netherland you will see the dutch people they are on the ships which are doing coastal like the bunker barges or the barges mm. who are close to the coast yes so in the open sea you will have mostly many uh, people from asia from yes, eastern asia philippines india filipino uh, india yeah. and also now the thing is the indians are also not so much interested in going to sea and it's shifting more eastward so you have chinese uh, filipinos okay you know, those people and slowly slowly even they will and when i speak to my friends chinese and uh, filipinos they are also fed up so lot of them they also quit mm. so this problem what you touched upon the uh, you know the people required for the sea i don't know how the companies are but you know what happens if you go if you dig deep and you just put people on the ship then you lose on quality of course of course yeah. you need you need quality crew on the ship you know Yeah. if you just take anyone i mean you can find of course anyone to come if you give this kind of money but then will you get that quality crew this is the question yeah okay interesting um so right now you decided to quit your career so that's why you're doing a master to to work uh, uh, a shore so what what kind of uh, position are you looking for after do you have an idea about it yeah i'm uh, after my masters i have you know a shortlisted few areas like i want to work in the commercial side okay. like ship on the yeah so it will be uh, mostly like a voyage coordinator or voyage planner initially okay. to start with okay or in the chartering department okay those operation uh, uh, operation uh, officer or something like that yeah, yeah also operation side yeah i'm i'm open to it and also like uh, i'm interested in the digital side of shipping like uh, sure. the new technologies which are coming into shipping okay like one autonomous and the you other have, um, do you know portexel uh, but i think you did an internship with <laughs> with them yeah, uh, i'm doing internship with portexel yeah now, which yes. is uh, they promote uh, this kind of company i suppose yeah accelerator yes. yeah 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 they are they are into this uh, digitalization and uh, so this new i'm very interested in you know the new things which will come into shipping so that future of shipping i'm very interested into like uh, to explore and to find some you know uh, job in that in that area yeah that was this this, this industry is very interesting because in the future we have so many challenges and so yes. many new things more than the last uh, past uh, years and even decades for the future would be very interesting in shipping so so yeah if you have the opportunity to work with port excel i think it's a good uh, things for you because everything is about digitization they 
promote uh, this kind of company. So it's good things. Yeah, yeah. Port Exchange is uh, doing great work in this area of digitalization and the softwares which they have. You know, uh, the the main thing what they're trying to do is uh, uh, do this on time arrival, mm. not early, not late. You know, just on time arrival, so that you don't uh, waste lot of fuel if you have to. You know, uh, if you know when you have to arrive, you can reduce your speed to echo, and yes. that will help in decarbonization, which is another big. Uh, Uh, worry for the whole of the world. This of course, of course. carbon emissions. Wait. So yeah, port exchange is doing a very, I mean, very intensive work in this field. Yeah, but the Netherlands. What do you think about the country? Do you have a lot of maritime opportunities there? Yes, yes, because uh, this is Europe's biggest port in Rotterdam. Yeah, of course. But even not uh, Rotterdam, other cities in in the Netherlands. Uh, I, I know the market is in the Netherlands. I know it's a very dynamic in terms of maritime. We have so much opportunities. Uh, so the industry is very big in the Netherlands yeah. because yeah. in the history the country was uh, the best in terms of uh, be, like few years before uh, uh, it's a lot of it, the ship the fleet was very big in the Netherlands the Dutch uh, navy was big so the, in the history this is a country of maritime I think. Yes, because you are also doing this uh, course in uh, transport and this thing, so you yeah. will know better about this and in depth about this. So yeah, yeah, yeah right. We're doing the, we're really doing nice. the same kind of master. It's not just the same university. But I think it's you are you can looking for the same kind of job after it's uh, the yeah we can do operation parts, sales parts. It depends. It's very large. We have so many different opportunities. But for you, maybe the fact that you sailed on board a ship. You have maybe more opportunities like a surveyor or something, more technical task, I can say. Yeah, I agree with you. Yes, because uh, because of my shipping background, I might be able to, uh, you know, uh, put more uh, of my experience into the job. Yes. Like you said, uh, mainly the operations part. Okay, yeah, operations part. Because I can understand that uh, operations part because I've done that on the ship. Okay. So that might be a little bit advantage for me. So, do you want to stay in the Netherlands after your master? For now, yes, that is my plan. I want to find something here because the industry here is very big, and uh, if I can gain this experience here and then I take it back to India, that would be very, yeah. how to say, valuable. Yeah, because good. India is still not uh, such a big hub like Rotterdam in the shipping industry. So I want to take this experience from but, there. Yes. Yeah, but I think in India you have a lot of opportunities for the future because with the, yes. the, the amount of people who said the amount of seafarer, uh, every people, every seafarer right now uh, do the same than you. They 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 want to to change their career. They want to work in company, not in, in on board ship. And they, everyone will come back in India and will try to create something. So I think the future in India will be very interesting for shipping. Yeah, I hope also. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why. But uh, I want to take yeah uh, this experience so that you know I can uh, make some change in India also. Yes. Yeah, so good, uh, good things. So yes, I want to ask you a last question. You know, the, this very common question I ask to everyone: What is your favorite place in the world? Oh. <laughs> I mean, uh, on a ship, I've been to so many places, but uh, the country where I live don't, is the best. Don't, always, don't say, don't say India because yeah, so that that is very obvious. Yeah, 
बट या यू नो आई लाइक नीदरलैंड्स टू बी वेरी ऑनेस्ट यू विल थिंक आई एम हियर दैट्स व्हाई आई एम टॉकिंग अबाउट दिस बट नो आई एम रियली लाइकिंग हियर व्हाई बिकॉज़ द पीपल हियर आर वेरी फ्रेंडली एंड वेरी हेल्पफुल आई सी एंड दे आर वेरी जेन्युइन यस दिस आई फील यू नो आई मीन दे आर नॉट फेक दिस पीपल हियर आर वेरी genuine people the dutch people so i'm liking to live here so far it's been very nice experience okay and uh, yeah okay good I'm like, good doctor dan <laughs> good good answer <laughs> yeah I, no, i mean this is uh, really really i'm liking like i've been to lot of places uh, also like east um, if i go to asia side like india and that side i like that area more because of uh, warm weather and uh, food yeah. but in general yeah i'm liking netherlands uh, especially the reason is because of people here you know i like this people people is a very important things in when yeah. you go to a country so yeah. th- thank you uh, thank you asit for your for this interview it was very interesting and i think people will love what you said um, they, they will be very focused to listening your your background what you said because it was very relevant so thank you again and thank you paul uh, And I, it was nice to have a conversation with you it was really, yeah the really, same completely the same so have a nice day and maybe see you in rotterdam yeah and uh, wish you all the best also and hopefully after we get a job we'll meet again somewhere for sure the world is very small for sure all the best yeah. have a nice yeah. day bye you too have a good day thank you bye thank you for listening to the maritime vision podcast We hope you enjoyed this episode and gained valuable insights into the maritime industry. Be sure to tune in for our next episode, where we'll continue to explore the latest trends and developments in this fascinating field. Music